0: Alright, hello and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area, catering to professional-level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen sonic as in supersonic.com. And we're back with me talking about stuff. This is a podcast that's designed to help me just kind of free up and reorganize space in my head. Which, to my benefit, will hopefully help my head run smoother. Because I tend to talk people's minds off when I'm with them about really great things. But hopefully this will be like a uh, an outlet where I can do that. My brain can't run as fast as a computer, fortunately. So this it's like a vocal diary. Just like a normal journal or diary. Yes, men can have diaries too. But we call them journals. No, that's that's silly. This isn't to seek any sort of social gain, but in turn aims to share like a story or stories that would resonate with the listener. And if nobody listens, that's okay. This is fun just talking to myself. Each episode, I will talk about one or multiple topics regarding whatever my magical wheel of improv lands on. How many topics depends on my 20-minute max time per episode, we are on a roll, popping these things out like toast from a toaster or waffles, coffee, pulling shots. So number two takes us back to when I was young and played on hay bales. This was fun because it was in my childhood. We lived on like a ranch in northern Colorado, specifically Wellington, Colorado. And we had three horses, horses named (laughs) Porky, Mocha, and Coco. Porky was my horse. Mocha was one of my sister's horses. And Coco was another sister's horse. So, yeah, the hay bales. These hay bales were super cool because we used them to feed the horses. And when I say my horse, they were all of our horses. But I don't know if it was mom's idea or dad's idea, but to like, Let's get horse. Yeah, well, at what point were they like, Honey, I think the kids should have horses. Yeah, honey, I think that's a great idea. Be- I don't know. <laughs> that's such a random idea. Anyway, the hay bales. There were, like, a lot of them in a little barn that we had. And I would just, you know, they were wrapped in twine, and I was able to lift them up as a little boy. I don't know, I was, like, maybe eight. A lot of my childhood memories stem from... 8 years old or I just think I was 8 when I may have been like 12 or 13. So imagine a bunch of sugar cubes and make a make a pile of them, but like stack them neatly on top of each other. Make 5 layers of 25 sugar cubes. So you got 25 on the first layer, 25 on the second, 25 on the third. Yeah, 125 sugar cubes now imagine you start kind of building a staircase with them. You take one off, set it aside, or throw it in your cup of coffee just to get rid of them. And as eventually you kind of make this cool design with it. It's It started out as this this square of sugar cubes. But uh, yeah, what I did, it's like, now get me to ant size. <laughs> ants and sugar cubes. Ants love sugar. A lot of ants could like Carry a sugar cube because together they're so strong, but individually they're not. Long story short, I would just pick them up and I would make make a fort with them, and I would I would move them around to where I could make tunnels. And I don't think I ever brought like anything from inside in there because maybe Mom and Dad would be like, "Where'd all the forks and spoons go?" That's not what they sound like, but where'd all the forks and spoons go? Or where's where's Michael? Where's John Michael? Or why are my shoes missing? I didn't I didn't take. Well, let's just say I didn't take stuff from inside. It was a super cool time because like I like forts and forts were fun. Yeah, that's about that's about it with the hay bales. So let's go to the next topic in elementary school to when we dug tunnels in the sand. I refer to this as we because it's not just me. I had a bunch of friends who would, at recess, like we had a sandbox, and we would dig tunnels in the sand. This was at Rivendell in Colorado. It would be a group of us, and we, we called it Tunnel Town. We would have so many so many minutes in recess, and we would just sit there, and we would each kind of sit in a circle or maybe it was only a couple of us, two of us. The idea was we each start digging a hole, and each of those holes meet up with each other. So it's a tunnel, similar to what ants do. Ants do this with their civilizations, which is cool. And oftentimes I would come home from school with sand in my shoes because I was just uh, playing in the sand. And I would try to leave some of that sand at home. Oh, also, or no, I would try to leave some of that sand in the sandbox, not take it home. Why would I take it home? One of the cool things that we learned to do, if you're listening to this, you know who you are if you played in the sandbox and you had a magnet. We would extract iron out of the sand. It's like we were mining. We were miners. I don't know. I think at one point we might have had like a big bag like, what, what do you do with that? What's, a, what's an elementary school kid do with a bag of iron? Put it in their cereal? No, that's probably a horrible idea because it's highly concentrated and could maybe hurt you or make you sick. So don't bring that home and don't eat it, okay? I don't endorse that at all. No. So, yeah, that was to when we dug tunnels in the sand. That was pretty cool. All right. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Tunnel town. Ah, So next, I'll take you to when I went fishing in a canoe on a lake in Missouri. I think this was around 2017. I was driving around the country, and I was in... No, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. I was moving from Colorado to Minnesota, and along the way, I drove and stopped in Missouri. I have family in Missouri. I love you a bunch all of you if you're listening. Some of these family members live in an area, but it was a lake. I'll just say it was a lake in Missouri and it was super cool cuz it was a cabin out in the woods. My aunt, her son, he's a uh, he's huge into the outdoors and likes fishing and likes Like, I'm just thinking of rubber boots and in mud, and he likes to do that. A big thing that I find myself falling back to is like being remembered of my childhood. I think of Peter Pan. Peter Pan, he never wanted to grow up, he always wanted to be a kid because as a kid, you have your imagination and it runs wild. As an adult, like, you got to do taxes and you got to go to work. But for him, Yeah, it was sweet that he just, anyway, so he had a canoe or they had a canoe and he took me out on it and like we went fishing in this lake and one place specifically, like I love being on water and being in boats and canoes. I've only gone canoeing three times, maybe four. No, I've gone kayaking three or four times. I've been in a canoe probably like six times or something. One day while I was there, he took me to this area where it's like there's a lot of moss and there's, like, carp hanging out under the moss. For those of you who don't know, a carp is a fish. He also is super good at catching fish and, like, cleaning fish, which doesn't mean just, like, taking a a brush and a sponge and, like, cleaning it, but actually, like, preparing it for human consumption, like, to eat. It gets really messy, and it's kind of gross. But anyway, this one spot, we were on the canoe. Like, I look out, and it's morning, and the water's super glossy. Like, the sun is shining on it, and it's just, it's like glass. It's like I'm looking through glass. And I remember looking through, and there's just, like, a whole bunch of, I don't know if they were, like, tadpoles or some type of fish. And it was a super, like, gorgeous moment where at this time he was off in another canoe doing his own thing, but I was just sitting there enjoying the moment because it was so peaceful. And I was like, the only thing between me and being fully submerged in water and maybe drowning, don't worry, I can swim, was a boat, like a piece of metal formed into a a boat, like a capsule that doesn't sink. I mean, it will sink if you force it to, but on its own, it won't. It was sweet, just, like, so peaceful. Like, it's like I was a kid with no worries about anything except maybe falling in the water. And, oh, it was was good. It was good. Let's see if I can talk about, yeah, yeah, this time. It was great. All right. So, to when it started raining heavily in Iowa and literally poured buckets. I don't remember what time frame this was. It was at some point, maybe when I was in college or shortly thereafter, or a summer before. I say summer because pretty much every summer as a kid, I would go back to Iowa and just, like, hang out on the farm and do farm stuff, like get muddy and drive tractors and throw cow manure at each other. No, (laughs) we didn't throw cow manure at each other. But Iowa's pretty cool. It's a really cool place if you ever get the chance to go it's it's more than people make it out to be. People think I was boring. It's in the center of the country. Like what's in the center of a human is the heart. I was like a heart and if you if you've probably heard people talk about people in the Midwest being great people. Anyway, okay. So it was my uncle, my cousin and I, we were working in the machine shop just doing something. I don't remember what. Hanging out, doing something farm Ag, uh, machinery related, and then all of a sudden there was a storm. Like we knew there was a storm coming, but didn't know when it was going to come in. We were inside the machine shop. It had metal, a metal roof, a metal roof. Just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see it off in the distance. It's like this, this thin wall of just like a little darker, clear. I don't know something. Obviously water, but then. We watched it come toward us, and it it's coming in. I don't know how fast it was coming in, but, like, you know, you got raindrops, you got clouds. The clouds are probably moving pretty fast. It came in, buckets of water being poured on us. Incredible. I don't even know. I do know what it was. It was water being poured down from the sky out of a bucket. <laughs> the garage was maybe 20 feet away from the machine shed, so we didn't get super wet, But then again, buckets of water were being poured on us. (laughs) So we got pretty wet. Yeah, that time in Iowa was super cool. And I have never since experienced so much rain like that before in such a small period of time. It's also fun when it's raining and you wear a raincoat because I love it. It's like you're laughing at the rain. It's like, ha, 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 you can't get me wet. Anyway. So in six minutes, I'm going to try to, six to seven minutes, I'm going to try to talk about one last thing, which was a super cool time, and it's a really great skill to learn. To when I learned how to spot satellites in the sky. Uh, This was in 2015. When I traveled to Albania, I had a friend, and one night we're talking about life, he taught me how to like just focus your vision, be still in the moment and looking up at the stars and we we took this really cool walk to overlook this beach area that we were staying in southern Albania and oh my gosh the light pollution was so magnificent that we you could just see billions of stars and I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, I don't know At what point your vision starts to be bad enough to where you're not able to do this. But basically just like a lesson I took away from it was to be still. And I wish that I did a better job of implementing that today. I mean, in Seattle it's hard because there's so much gross light pollution that you can't see stars. And every time I see a star, I'm like, oh, wow, I kind of forgot about those I didn't forget about them, but you know what I mean. Another thing that my friend we talked about was like, when you both have similar thoughts about something, I don't even know how to explain this. It's like you're on the same frequency. So in terms of like looking at satellites, with the thought of frequencies, he's like, yeah, whenever we both look up at the sky and look at satellites, it's like we're together in the moment. What's also cool is I have this app on my phone to where you can actually, in real time, point it at the sky, and it shows you the constellations, and you can even search for stuff. Like, you can search for Betelgeuse, and it'll show you where it is relative to where you're currently standing in the moment. I got the privilege to go to Maui, and I learned about the, the Southern Cross, which is a constellation... I don't know a whole bunch about it, but it was really cool to be able to see because you could only see it, like, super early in the morning when it was just about to touch the southern horizon as the sun was coming up. So, or right before the sun was coming, maybe, like, an hour before the sun was coming up. It took me, like, two or three days to wake up on time to be able to see it instead of, like, waking up and, like, oh, no, I'll just go back to sleep. But finally, on the third day, <laughs> I rose super early in the morning, and I saw it, and it was glorious. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Just with, with the nice breeze, the nice cool breeze, the nice cool tropical breeze, it was beautiful. Hawaii is in the northern hemisphere, but it's the southernmost part of the northern hemisphere that you can still that you can see the Southern Cross. I think it might be the most perfect place you can see it. I don't really know. That's probably not true. Yeah, so I even saw satellites there, and, like, I looked them up, and I looked up Beetlejuice, and I looked up all these other, gosh, I don't even remember their names, but it was. it's just fascinating to, like, think. Planet Earth is such a tiny speck in the night sky. Go to Google and search pale blue dot. It's a picture facing back at Earth, and then there's a beam of light over Earth. And it's like, wow, in my opinion, that's not a coincidence. That's grand design. And it tells me we are so loved and privileged to be able to even wake up in the morning. We're privileged to be able to look up at the night sky and see billions of stars. We're privileged to breathe. Next time you can, Go outside, look up at the sky, and just be still. Be present in the moment. Take deep breaths to yourself and just be with yourself. It's weird because when you look at stars, it seems like they're moving, but they're actually not. Just do that. It's super awesome. Like I've said before, that everything is super awesome. Wow, we got to one, two, three, four, five. Six topics, this first topic-filled episode, which is super great. I hope that at least something resonated, and if it didn't, that's okay. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning in to this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. In the morning, I shout hooray. (laughs) Thanks for listening.